You're listening to the message podcast of High Ridge Church Longview, where our vision is to help you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and ultimately make a difference. We are so glad that you're here, and we pray that this message impacts your life as you apply the spiritual truths from God's Word in practical ways. Let's listen in. Thank you, thank you. It's so good to see you in God's house today. I wanted to say a special welcome to all of you who are watching online. We have people watching us from Memphis, Texas. <laughs> we have the Grider family watching us from Louisiana. So hi, Mom. Your mom and dad are watching, so don't cuss. We have uh, all of our special people from in West Texas. We've got several that are watching from other campuses. Hey, pay attention. Your own church service is going on right now. I'm talking about you. You see us. Now, let's take a moment, if you would, welcome all our friends watching online. Would you guys tell them with a big round of applause how much we enjoy the fact that they're watching this? Please take a moment, share this video with your friends. It's always a great thing to see you do that. And we have the special privilege of hearing today from one of my friends in ministry, an amazing speaker and communicator. So please give a warm High Ridge welcome to Pastor Zach Greider from High Ridge in Fort Worth, Texas, by the way of Louisiana. You guys cheer him on as he comes. Thank you, Pastor Tim. Man, how's everybody doing this morning? You doing good? You excited to be in the Lord's house? Come on, somebody. Man, I am so excited to be here with you guys. I say it every time I come, but it's like being with family. And so always look forward to being at High Ridge Church in Longview, Texas. Um, actually, I got here Friday night because you had your men's event, Beast Feast. Come on, somebody. Wasn't that awesome? Um, hey, a couple wins from that. So um, Friday night, we had hundreds of men show up to this building. And uh, by the time the night was done, we had 15 grown men give their life to Jesus. Come on, somebody. Isn't that awesome? And not only that, here's the reason I'm taking some time to celebrate this. Not only that, we had men who committed to finding freedom in some addictions in their life, and then we had a a room full of men who walked out of here committed uh, to becoming the men that God has called them to be. And and here's the deal. Here's why I celebrate this event. Not just because it was an event. We're celebrating the life change. Uh, But there are a lot of ways that we measure, a lot of things that we look at to determine the health of a church, right? Does it have a good kids ministry? Does it, is the worship good? Do you not fall asleep when the preacher's preaching, right? Like there are things we look at to determine if a church is healthy. Uh, But here's what I want to celebrate with you, High Ridge Church Longview. Uh, What happened in this room Friday night is not normal for churches. Um, In fact, I think one of the healthiest things that you should look at when looking at a church uh, to evaluate health is the men in the church, because so goes the man, so goes the wife. So goes the man, so goes the family. So goes the men, so goes the church. And I'm just here to tell you, you should be celebrating that you have a group of men in this church who love Jesus, who love the Lord, and are committed to being the men that God has called them to be. And so again, I just want us to give it up for Pastor Tim and Pastor Doug and the whole men's team. Come on, show them love one more time for investing in men. Well, listen, I, I'm excited to be here with you this morning, and, and I feel like I, I say that every time I come, but I, I really, truly mean it. Um, I'm excited to be here this morning because I'm excited to share with you what the Lord has given me to share with you. Um, and in fact, this message that I'm going to share with you this morning, this particular topic, um, is the thing that God has asked me to really focus on this year in my own personal spiritual journey with Jesus. And so I'm excited uh, to be here this morning uh, to share with you from his word. And so here's what I'll encourage you to do. I'm going to pray in just a second. And and as I pray, I want to encourage you to get your phones out, grab a pen, paper, something to take notes on, because here's why. I truly believe that the Lord is going to speak to you this morning. 
And he's either gonna give you something that you need today, right now in the season that you're living in, or he's gonna give you something that you need in the season that's coming. And so I want you to write these things down so that when that season, not if, but when that season of difficulty comes, you can refer back to what the Lord is going to speak to you this morning. And so again, I would just encourage you to take notes. So let's pray uh, before we dig into God's word this morning. Lord, we thank you so much for who you are. And God, I just pray over the next few moments that you would speak to us. God, we are here because we want more of you. And so we ask for that. And Holy Spirit, I invite you in this moment to use my voice to build and encourage your people. In Jesus' name, and everyone said... Amen, amen. Well, again, I've been here enough that a lot of you kind of know my story. I was born and raised in the backwoods of Louisiana, and, and growing up in the backwoods of Louisiana had its perks, especially for a young, adrenaline junkie little boy like me. And so when I, when I grew up, I, I loved doing lots of things in the outdoor. There are trees to climb, things to shoot, swimming, all kind of things. Like I, I just loved being in the outdoors. And summertime was one of my favorite times of the year. School was out. I got to do all kind of cool and fun stuff when I wasn't working with my dad, construction, child labor, that kind of stuff. But other than that, like I, I love summertime. And, and one of my favorite things to do in the summer was to go and swim in the creek at the back of my parents' property. Now, you, you're country folk out here, so you know what a real creek is, all right? This is East Texas, and the rest of Texas, they don't know what a creek is, right? Uh, but, but I love swimming in the creek that was at the back of my parents' property. And this creek was a spring-fed creek, which means it's cold year-round and it always has water in it. And, and there was one part of the creek where it took a 90-degree turn, and, and because of that turn, it had uh, really eaten out the side of the, uh, the, the cliff, if you will. And so there was this opportunity to jump off this cliff into what I called our swimming hole. Now, for all the country folk in the room, you know before you jump in a creek, you better throw some rocks in there, run the snakes out, all right? But after you did that, you're good to go. It's good to swim in. And so I grew up swimming in this creek, and I loved it. In fact, I couldn't wait till friends came over to my house so I could go show them my creek. I spent years and years of my life swimming in this creek, and for a little boy with an imagination, this creek was all that I needed. I loved this creek. Well, a few months ago, I went back home to visit my parents, and while I was there, I thought, you know what? I'm just going to walk down and check out that creek. So I walk to the back of my parents' property, and I walk up to the edge of the creek, and I, I look at the creek, and I'm bothered by what I see because the creek looks nothing like what I remember in my head. Like, it's this little bitty thing that you might could do a foot bath in, but that's about it. Like, it's not this huge. Like, I thought this cliff was like 15 feet high. I get there, and it's literally three feet. <laughs> like, I, I get there, and I'm like, man, this, what, what is going on? And, and what I realized, here's what changed. I had changed. See, I was no longer a little boy playing in the creek. I was a grown man who had experienced the ocean. In fact, I've been all over the world. I've seen a lot of different oceans and I've seen a lot of its beauty and I've engaged and experienced a lot of what the ocean has to offer. And the reason I tell you this story is because this comparison, this illustration, if you will, is a great picture of how some of you are viewing your relationship with Jesus right now. See, for me, I looked at the creek and I realized, man, why is it what it used to be? And, and a lot of you, you're looking at your faith, you're looking at your relationship with Jesus, you're looking at the church and you're wondering, man, why is, it, why is this no longer enough? Why isn't it as good as it used to be? And a lot of you are looking at your faith and your relationship with Jesus and here's what I'm here to offer you and remind you of today. Listen, the creek is great for a season. 
But once you become a grown adult, it's time to go and experience the ocean. And the good news is God has so much more. Everyone say more. More to offer you. So much more. Man, there are some of you here today and some of you watching online, man, you're just bored in your faith. Can you just be honest with yourself? You're bored. Man, you love Jesus. You know he's done great things in your past, but you find yourself wondering, man, there's gotta be more. And the good news is there is absolutely more for you to experience. So the question I wanna spend our time together answering is how do you experience more of God? How do you experience more of him? And here's the thing. The, the answer is simple yet complex in its application. How do we experience more of God? It's real simple. By spending time in his presence. That's simple. Spending time in God's presence. Can I just tell you, everything changes in God's presence. Everything. In fact, here's what it says in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19. It says, we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor. Everyone say anchor. Anchor of the soul. A hope that enters in the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So let me break this passage apart for if you will and help you understand what the Bible is saying. If you go back to the Old Testament, we see that the tabernacle, the temple, if you will, is introduced to the Israelites. And the tabernacle represented God's presence where he was gonna dwell and be with his people. Now, in the Old Testament, though, you didn't just have direct access to God. You had to go through the high priest. And this tabernacle, this temple, if you will, it had certain sections in it. So it had the outer court, the inner courts. Then it had the inner uh, most holy place, the holy of holies, if you will. And within this tabernacle in this court, there was a curtain or a veil that separated the presence of God from everyone else. And so the only person that could enter in behind that veil was the high priest. That's who Melchizedek was. The high priest was the only one who could access God's presence. And he would go once a year on behalf of the Israelites to repent of sin. Now, let's get back to Hebrews chapter 6. Because Hebrews chapter 6 is not in the Old Testament. It's in the New Testament. And it says that Jesus has gone into the inner place behind the curtain on our behalf. Here's what it's saying. If you go back to the, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you read the story of the crucifixion, the day that Jesus was killed on the cross, you will see that a lot of accounts within the Gospels that it tells us that when Jesus died on the cross, the veil or the curtain was torn. The reason the scripture is saying that is because it is showing and reminding you and I that because Jesus died on the cross and because he walked out of that tomb three days later, you and I have full, everyone say full, access to Jesus. Come on, can I remind you today that you do not need a pastor on your behalf to go before God. You have direct access to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Come on, you know this to be true. I'm not giving you a new revelation, but I'm here to remind you that it's true nonetheless. Because so many of us forget that we have access to the creator of the heavens and the earth, to the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And I'm here today to remind you that you have full, not partial, not some, not once a year, you have full access to the presence of God. And I'm here today, and I believe that the Lord has brought me to Longview, Texas, 
this weekend to remind someone in here today, someone watching online, that you, you've got a storm that you're dealing with. You've got a valley that you're in, and you're looking around trying to find the solution. And I'm here today to remind you, it's not just another book. It's not better worship. It's not another message. It's not more church. What you need is more of God's presence. And we know this to be true. And there's nothing wrong with those things, but we know after studying scripture that it's God's presence, God's presence, God's presence that changes everything. It's his presence. So here today, I'm gonna remind some of you of what God's presence brings to your life. And then for some of you, I'm gonna teach you because you've never heard and you don't know what God's presence is here to do for your life. So if you're taking notes today, again, I would encourage you to write these things down. So God's presence, I'm gonna give you three things this morning. I'm gonna keep it simple for you. God's presence brings, here's the first one if you're taking notes. God's presence brings healing. It brings healing. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. The moment that you gave your life to Jesus... The moment you repented and said, Jesus, I want all of you. That was the moment that God saved you. And in that moment, the Bible teaches us that he deposits his spirit, the spirit that we just read about within us. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And that's good news. Now, the Bible just said where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Freedom. Now, I love this verse. It looks good on a coffee mug. But if, I, if I'm honest with you, if, if I'm just real with you, I have a problem with this verse because I don't know about you, but for me, there are seasons I don't feel free. I don't feel free from my thoughts. I don't feel free from my emotions. I don't feel free from my sinful nature and the desires of my flesh. And, and I know that some of you sitting here today and some of you watching online, you feel the same way if you're honest with yourself. Hey, right now, yes, you know you're supposed to be free, but you don't feel free. But I'm here today to remind you, it's okay to feel that way, but it's not okay to stay that way. And the solution to finding that freedom is to get back into God's presence because his presence brings that healing. Psalm 73, 28 says this about God's presence. But for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the Lord God my refuge that I may tell of your good works. This word refuge is an interesting, interesting word that we find throughout the Bible that describes God. In fact, the very definition of refuge is this. It's a condition of being safe or sheltered from pursuit, danger, or trouble. And God, the Bible says God is our refuge. Listen, can, can I just remind you that Going on this path and this journey of following Jesus is exhausting. Can, can we just be honest with one another? Like, I love talking about faith. I love being encouraging and all these things. But sometimes we just got to be real that following Jesus is hard, is it not? Listen, I'm, I'm a pastor and I, I love Jesus and I'm in love with Jesus. But I'm just telling you, I go through seasons. I have days where when I'm following Jesus, it's just exhausting and I need a refuge. I need somewhere where I can go that's a safe place, where I'm no longer being pursued by the enemy for a season, where I can rest and be refreshed to get back out there and get after being who God has called me to be. 
And by the way, can I remind you that when you said yes to Jesus and as you're going on this journey to becoming the man and the woman he's called you to be, you do have an enemy of your soul. And the Bible says he prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Do you know who he's looking to devour? It's you and me. Now our eternity is set, but we've got this journey on this earth nonetheless and the enemy wants to do anything that he can to get us off that journey, to get our eyes no longer fixated on Jesus. And I'm telling you, when we're on this journey and we know that and we're in this spiritual warfare, it's exhausting. And man, some of you, you're just, You've been fighting well, but you're exhausted. And I'm here to tell you, to tell you and remind you that you have a refuge. And that refuge is God's presence. And there's healing that happens. Again, back in Hebrews chapter six, it says that we have this anchor of the soul. Your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. And the anchor of our soul is the hope that we have in Jesus. And so when we spend time in God's presence, there's a healing that happens within us, this healing that we're, that's needed so that we can, again, be the men and women that God has called us to be, not just for the sake of being good people, but for the sake of glorifying him with our lives. Earlier this year, I, I had an older gentleman take me to lunch, and this guy's old enough to be my dad. Um, he's a great man. Actually, he oversees the men's ministry at our, our campus in Fort Worth. And uh, we're sitting there talking. He's checking on me and asking me questions. Then he asked me a question that I've never been asked by an older man. And it threw me off guard for a second. He said, hey, Pastor Zach, um, what would you say has made your marriage with Miranda successful? And I was thrown off a little bit because, again, I get asked that by peers. I get asked that by younger men seeking advice, but never an older man has never asked me that before. So off the top of my head, I started thinking, well, because I'm, I'm a great husband and I watched it. No, I'm just kidding. That's not true. Randy, you know, it's not true. I'm a good husband, not a great husband. But I said, you know what, Randy, I'm going to, I'm going to give you the answer to that. But I, and I know that it's going to sound like a cliche, but the reason my marriage is successful is because I spend time in the presence of the Lord. And look, I know, I, I get it. Some of you, that just makes you cringe a little bit because it's just so christian cliche. Like, I get that. I'm, I'm totally with you. It sounds corny, <laughs> but it's the truth. And here's why it's the truth for me. Because Zach Greider needs a lot of healing in my mind, in my will, and in my emotions. And like many of you, I have a past and I've come from some broken places. And the enemy is always attacking me. And I'm like you, I'm on this journey and I'm committed to being the man that God's called me to be and it gets exhausting. And in my exhaustion, sometimes I get attacked in my mind, my will and my emotions, but I know that the healing happens in the refuge. I know that the healing happens in his presence. And so every day, I spend time in God's presence. Despite how I feel, I'm gonna open up the Bible and I'm gonna read his word. Despite how I feel, I'm gonna listen to worship music. Despite how I feel, I'm going to talk to him because I know that the only way I'm going to find healing, the only way that I'm gonna be the husband that I need to be, the only way that I'm gonna be the father that I need to be is by being in his presence. By being in his presence. Did you enjoy worship this morning? Hey, let me just tell you, it was awesome. I'm not just saying that lightly. It was awesome. Worship team, you did a, an incredible job. But you know why it was awesome? Because you had a team this morning staying on the platform, leading you because they've already been in the presence. That's what it creates. 
Being in his presence creates an overflow in our life that should seep out into every area of our life. Amen? God's presence brings healing. Number two, write this down. God's presence brings confidence. It brings confidence. Ephesians 3.12 says, in whom, this is talking about Jesus, we have the boldness and access with confidence. Can I remind you today that you are who you are because of who Jesus was. So it's not because we're great people in and of ourselves. We are weak, but in our weakness, he is made strong. And so Jesus gets all of the credit for who we are. But nonetheless, we have this boldness, this access with confidence through our faith in him. Confidence comes from his presence and his relationship with us. Here's the definition of confidence. It's the feeling or belief that one can rely on someone or something. It's a firm Trust, a firm trust. Everyone say trust. Trust is dif- difficult, right? Especially when someone says, hey, just trust me. It's like, whoa, 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 how confident are you in this thing that you're asking me to trust you in though, right? Like that's what I wanna know. A few years ago, I, I had a group of my friends from Fort Worth, some city boys decided that they were gonna throw me a birthday party. And so they asked me, hey, Zach, what do you wanna do for your birthday? You wanna go out on the town? You wanna do this? You wanna do that or the other? And here's what I thought, man, this is a great opportunity to get my city friends into the country. So I said, hey, whatever we do, it needs to be redneck. Next level, redneckery, all right? And so they ended up scheduling a trip to come out to your part of the woods, and we went to Caddo Lake. Yeah. Now, for those of you that have never been to Caddo Lake, let me just explain it to you. It is about as close as you can get to getting the full experience of the swamp life in this part of the world. Like, it's got the Spanish moss hanging. It's got alligators everywhere. It's got snakes everywhere. I mean, it is just the most beautiful place on earth. (laughs) What's also interesting, it's the only natural lake in the whole state of Texas, and in my opinion, the most beautiful lake in the state of Texas. I love it because it feels like home to me. So I was pumped when I found out that they had booked this whole weekend for us to go to Cattle Lake and spend some time in the swamps. And so we went and stayed with this guy in he, he, he grew up on Cattle Lake, and he had a, a mud boat. Uh, for those of you who don't know what a mud boat is, it's a boat that can go places where a regular boat cannot. Uh, it can go in the mud. It can go through gra- grass. It can jump logs, trees, stumps. It's just, it's made for this type of environment. It's an incredible boat. So we get there, and it's getting late, and so uh, the sun's going down. And I'm like, yeah, here's, here's the first thing we need to do. We need to get in this boat, take these city boys, and just drive through the swamp through the night and look for alligators. So that's what we did. We're driving through the swamp. We're seeing alligators left and right. We actually caught a couple alligators that night, snakes everywhere. I mean, they're having a ball because if you've never driven through the cypress trees in a swamp with alligators at night, you, you haven't experienced life yet, all right? So the night's going on and finally it's getting time to go home. We're ready to go sleep and hey, we'll wake up and do it again tomorrow. So we're headed back and I'm toward the back and there's like six or seven guys in this boat. And we're wide open, headed back to the camp. And then all of a sudden, the motor makes a noise and it shuts down, it stops. So me and the owner of the boat are back there. We're the only ones really know what we're looking at. And we're, we're looking at the engine and all the boys are sitting up there hanging out. And it's somewhat of a moon, but it's pitch black, dark at this point. The lights are off, everything shut down. So I'm back there and we're talking. I'm like, man, what do you, what do you think's wrong with it? He's like, I don't, I don't know. So we mess around a little bit. And we find out, okay, what's broken on it, we can't fix so then I'm trying to stay calm. I don't want to freak them out yet, okay? So I'm like, um, so we got, we got a paddle? He said, nope. I said, uh, we got a push pole? He said, nope. I said, okay, there's not a trolling motor. At this point, 
I feel a grin <laughs> come across my face. And at the highlight of my weekend is about to happen in this very moment when your boy gets to look at the city boys and say, we got to swim it back. At this point, you should see the look on their faces when I tell them the only way to get back to the house is to get in the gator snake infested waters and swim this boat back. And listen, every single one of you fools are going to get in and swim. And we get in, and sure enough, we swim back. This is not exaggeration. Preachers exaggerate sometimes. This is not the case in this story. We swim the boat back half a mile to get back to, this, to the shack. Now, when we get in the water, one of my city friends, and I'm saying city, all right? There's city, then there's city. He's city, all right? He's sitting right beside me holding on the boat, swimming, and he is losing his mind. <laughs> Freaking out, yo. Like, Every blade of grass, everything that touches him, he is jumping on my back like a cat. Moves his mind. And the whole time, I'm just like, hey, bro, calm down. Trust me. Trust me. I'm, and he's like, man, but there's gators everywhere. And you have to remember, we've been watching gators all night long. He's like, dude, a gator's going to get me. I'm like, listen, trust me. A gator's not going to get you. Now, in my mind, I'm like, there's an 80% chance that we're safe. <laughs> But I'm, he doesn't need to know that, right? <laughs> but here's the deal. In all honesty, I was confident. Why was I confident? I spent my whole life in this environment. And because I spent my whole life in this environment, I understood how we could survive. I understood that everything was going to be okay simply because I spent time in this environment. Listen to me, friend. If you want more confidence in who God is, if you want more confidence in who he's called you to be, you've got to spend more time in his presence. And a lot of you are lacking confidence right now in who God says that you are. Can I remind you, you're a son, a daughter of the one true king, and you are losing sight of the confidence in who God has called you to be because you're not spending more time in his presence. Confidence comes as we spend more time in his presence because in his presence, that's where we receive identity. In his presence, that's where we're reminded that yes, you have weaknesses, but it's in your weaknesses that his strengths are made known. It's in his presence where you get the confidence and the energy and the boldness that you need to be who God has called you to be. His presence brings a confidence. You know what's also interesting about confidence? When you're confident, you also experience comfort. You experience comfort. Can, the Holy Spirit that lives within you, the Bible references him often as your comforter. The Holy Spirit has not left you. He's still in there. So why are you still feeling in the season of this tragedy or this situation that you find yourself in, not being confident, not feeling comforted? Well, because you haven't been in his presence. The Holy Spirit's still there but you've lost sight, you've forgotten what his voice sounds like because you haven't been in his presence. God's presence brings confidence, amen? The last thing I wanna share with you this morning is God's presence brings relationship. God's presence brings relationship. Here's what it says in Psalm 1611. You make known to me the path of life, and in your presence there is fullness. Everyone say fullness. Fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And your presence is the fullness. Not some, not partial, but fullness of joy. Hey, friend, let me ask you a question. Are you experiencing joy in your life right now? 
I mean, be honest with yourself. But again, I'm not talking about happiness, and you know the difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is temporary. Joy is sustaining. So how can we as Christians find ourselves in seasons and walks of life or have days in our life where we feel like we're lacking joy? We're lacking joy because we've stopped spending time in his presence. And his presence brings this relationship, this interaction that happens between the father and his children. And if you find yourself in this place, man, I wanna encourage you and seek out his presence. He is your heavenly father. I love that the Bible describes God that way. He's your heavenly father. He desires to be your father, not just your God, but your heavenly father. As I shared earlier, for those of you who don't know, I'm, I'm married to a beautiful woman named Miranda, and we have three kids. I have a boy and two girls, Arrow, Day, and Isla. You can tell I'm a millennial by their names, all right? By the way, they're watching online. Hey, babe, I love you. Hey, Arrow, hey, Day, hey, Isla. I can't wait to see you guys. I miss you so much. I remember when Miranda and I were praying about having kids, and I remember during that season as we were discussing having kids, we were trying to find like, what is our real motivation for having kids? Like, why, why do we want to do this? And here's what was interesting about the season. We, we never discussed that we're going to have kids so that they can take out the trash, mow the grass, clean the house. We never discussed that being the reason why we have kids. Now, they're going to mow the grass. They're going to take out the trash and they're gonna clean the house. But the reason we wanted children is so that we could have a relationship with them. Your heavenly father in eternity past, as he was there with the Holy Spirit and with Jesus, as they were contemplating and thinking about setting this into motion and creating you, in eternity past, God did not think, man, I'm gonna create some children so that they can go and build a church, so that they can serve kids, serve youth, so they can go do all these good things, take care of the orphans and the widows. Now listen, those are all good things and we're gonna do those things. No, your heavenly father in eternity past decided that he was gonna create you and I for relationship. Think about this, the creator of the heavens and the earth desires to spend time with you, to have you enter into his presence for relationship. Now, again, we're going to do those things, but listen to me, that is the result of our relationship, not the means to our relationship. And the reason you have to understand this, Christian, is because if you have the cart before the horse, so to speak, if you have this backwards, then what you'll do is you'll pursue God by going and performing rather than pursuing his presence. We go and perform after we've been in his presence. Our performance is just an overflow of our love for him, and his love for us doesn't change whether we perform or not. Think about the Pharisees for a moment. The Pharisees were the greatest religious people ever in the context of the Bible and Christianity. They were extremely religious. Here's what that means. They were great at performing. And yet Jesus was constantly correcting them, reminding them, listen, y'all are out there keeping all these laws. 
You're out there doing all this religious stuff, and yet you're missing the fact that the Messiah is standing right in front of you. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is here for relationship. And if you put religion before relationship, you've missed it. And my hope for you as a believer is that you will desire his presence over performance. My hope for you is that you'll see that despite where you find yourself right now, this valley or this storm, these things that are coming against you, you're questioning your faith or relationship, you're still looking at the creek wondering why it's not enough. My hope for you today is that you walk out of here excited, excited at the fact that you have full access to his presence whenever you want it. And in his presence, despite how you feel, in his presence, we find healing, we find confidence, and we find relationship. And I believe today, there are some of you here today and watching online, what you need more than anything else in this season right now is more of his presence. And my hope is that you will go and spend time with him and seek him and be reminded of how good our God is. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for you this morning. God, I thank you so much for who you are. And God, I thank you for the fact that you have created the opportunity to experience your presence. God, I pray for my brothers and sisters sitting here today and those watching online. I pray for those who find themselves in a season right now where they're evaluating their faith, they're evaluating church, they're evaluating their relationship with you, Lord. And they're looking at it wondering, why is it no longer enough? What's changed? What's missing? God, I pray that they hear today that the answer is they just need more of your presence. Our prayers that they would be reminded there is so much more for them to experience in their relationship with you. So Holy Spirit, I ask you to stir the boldness, the courage, and the desire within them to pursue and to get back into your presence so that they may find healing in the areas of their life where they need it. So they may find confidence in who you've called them to be. And so they can be reminded of the relationship that you so long for and desire with your creation. And again, we thank you, God, for who you are. Now with heads bowed and eyes closed, one more prayer for you today before we move on. For some of you today, maybe the reality is for your life that you've never experienced God's presence because you've actually never surrendered your life to Jesus. You've been like the Pharisees. You've put religion first before relationship. And like them, you've pursued performance, but not presence. And here's the good news today. Listen, that's okay that you're there, but it's not okay to stay there. And so I wanna give you the opportunity today to surrender your life to a life-changing relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, where you can truly experience his presence. So if that's you today or you watching online, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna pray a prayer. And this is not a magical prayer. There's not a formula to this. We're simply surrendering our life to Jesus in this moment. And if you wanna do that, I'm gonna encourage you to pray with me quietly to yourself. So if that's you, friend, just pray with me. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. God, I know I've messed up. And right now, God, I wanna ask you to forgive me of my sins and my mistakes. 
And God, I don't wanna do life my way anymore. I wanna start doing life your way. And Jesus, I wanna invite you into my heart and into my life to be my Lord and my Savior. And I wanna thank you, Jesus. I wanna thank you for dying on that cross for me, for conquering sin and death, and for just now hearing my prayer. Thank you, Lord. With heads bowed and eyes closed, there are some of you here today and some watching online, you just prayed that prayer with me. I'm not gonna call you out. I'm not gonna embarrass you or anything like that. I just wanna celebrate your decision. So if you're here today and you just prayed with me, would you just lift up your hand real quick? Just those that prayed. No one else looking up. No one looking around. Just those that prayed. Awesome, I got you in the back. Just those that prayed. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Got you, bro. Awesome. With heads bowed and eyes closed, those of you that prayed with me, would you just look up at me and make eye contact real quick? Just those that prayed. Those online, if you prayed as well, stay with me. Man, I'm so excited about your decision. And this is just the beginning of a life-changing relationship. And as your spiritual family, we wanna help you on this journey. So here's what I need you to do. I would love for you to do me a favor and simply do this. You can text, I prayed. You can see it on the screen behind me. I prayed to the number you see there. And here's why that's important. You're starting a journey and you can't do this on your own. Let us help you. We wanna help you take your next steps. Man, I'm so, so excited for you. Hey, church, can we give it up for those that took a step towards Christ? Come on, show them some love. Invite them into the family. Love you guys. Pastor Tim. Thank you, Pastor Zach. What an amazing word. Would you guys show your appreciation to a faithful man of God? Great job, young man. Go ahead and stand to your feet with me if you would. I want to just remind you once again, if you're watching online, would you do us a favor if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, whatever social media platform you're watching this on, make sure that you share this with your friends. We think people need to hear an encouraging word from God's scripture. We think it's going to help and speak life to a lot of people that need to hear it in our world today that maybe can't get to church. That's an awesome thing. Hey, I want to thank you for your generosity. You guys are so amazing. Watching 15 men take a first step towards the Lord at Beast Feast Friday was an amazing moment. Powerful, powerful, powerful. We're not done yet. For everybody else, we got our elders and their wives are going to step forward. These guys are going to remain here after this service is finished today to be available to pray for you about anything that you might need prayer for. For everyone else, let me bless you and send you out. Father, I pray that you would bless my friends with an incredible week, spending time in your presence, receiving from you all the things that we need to accomplish your purpose in our lives. In Jesus' name, and everybody said together, amen. God bless you as you go. I hope you have an awesome week. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our prayer is that you are encouraged and strengthened by the message. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review wherever you're listening. If you want to be a part of our online community, connect with us through Facebook or Instagram with the handle at HighRidgeLV, or you can check out our website at HighRidgeLV.com. Lastly, if this ministry has impacted your life and you'd like to support its work, visit HighRidgeLV.com slash give. We appreciate your support and we're believing with you today for God's best in your life. Have an incredible week and we will see you next time.